Welcome to another inspiring sister's message. We hope you are blessed by this ministry. Now, um, I want us just to to spare a, a, a thought and a moment for anyone in your world that you know has gone through gender-based violence. I have to mention it here because I can't turn a blind eye to a pandemic of another kind that faces this nation uh, on a level that just gets more demonic and more gross every single woman's month of August. It's just, it's just unbelievable. And so uh, I just want you to know that if you have suffered any kind of rape or violence or uh, whatever it has been, that God sees, he hears, he knows, and he's still your father, and he's not happy with the situation, but he is your healer. And I know that God wants to heal women, he wants to heal their hearts, and if nothing like that has ever happened to you, you are still loved as well. And, 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 you know, God sees you and he's your provider as well. But those that have just gone through so much pain, so much hurt, so much rejection, uh, I just want to pray for you tonight. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I don't want anyone to be looking around or, 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 or anything like that. I just want to commit the women of South Africa to our Father. Because you know what? The answer to this problem is Jesus. He is the changer of hearts. It's only Jesus that can change the hearts of men and women and of people and, and who, who can bring a revelation, who can bring revival. This is what our, our nation needs. We, 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 we need revival in the land. And Jesus is the answer for this world, always has been, always will be. So let's just pray for one another. I would ask if you wouldn't mind just holding the hand of the person next to you as we pray. You can always sanitize. If you need sanitizer, there's some in my handbag afterwards. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. There is, though. Um, come, let's just pray for one another. Lord, we want to thank you that you care so deeply for each and every one of us. Lord, we created in your image. Lord, you know everything about us. You know the number of hairs on our heads. Lord, you know the number of days we have on this earth. Lord, you know our future. Lord, you care about our past. You've dealt with our past, Lord. And Father God, I just want to pray for anyone here who suffered violence, who suffered hurt, deep hurt, who suffered real rejection, real betrayal. And Lord, I pray that you begin a healing process tonight in each and every lady in their hearts. And for those who things are just going well, we need you just as much as those who need you who have suffered badly, Lord. And so we just want to thank you that you do love us, that you care for us, and, um, and you care about us, and you want to meet all of our needs. Um, and Lord, you are our dad in heaven, and you just want to put your loving arms around us tonight and let us know just how valuable we are, just how much you love us, so much that you sent your son to die for each and every one of us. And so we want to thank you for tonight, for one another, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Gosh. All right, I've got a, a message, and I've, I've already eked right into the time here. Three of God's New Testament dream girls. We've been looking at the Proverbs 31 woman. She's an Old Testament uh, woman. She is... 
as far as I'm concerned, she is forever young and forever fresh and forever there as an example and a role model for, for, for all of us um, girls who belong to God. Amen. But I thought I'm going to take some girls from the New Testament tonight, not in any specific order, and uh, we can just look at why they what is what I would consider God's dream girls. What is it about them? And let's not just look at them and say, wow, that's nice. That's a nice bit of history. Let's become them. Let's be them. Let's learn from them. Let's say, I want to be that because they caught the eye of my God. Amen? And I want to please him. So the first woman tonight is a woman called Tabitha. Tabitha. I'm going to read from Acts chapter 9, 36 to 42, quite a few verses, but it's a beautiful story. And it says, it reads, in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. Don't you like that? A disciple. In Joppa, there was a disciple. That's what we are. There was a disciple um, named Tabitha, which when translated is Dorcas, who was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed up in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. Now note, all the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. This became, no, this became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Now, what was it about this woman? Right? What was it? I, I think she, she displayed the Proverbs 31 woman in many, many ways. Because we read in Proverbs 31, verse 31, her, give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works Praise her in the gates. Well, this is what this woman did. This woman did amazing things with her kindness, with her hands, with her time. She, she cared for the poor. She made garments, so much so that it was on display the day that Peter arrived to, to go and pray for it. It was like as if her own works praised her in the gates of that very home so that Peter could acknowledge that there was something very special about this lady. Number one, she was a doer. You know, the people who mourned her death mourned her probably because she was beautiful inside and out. She was a lovely woman. But it was because she, was, she did not eat, as the King James Version speaks of the Proverbs 31 woman, she did not eat the bread of idleness. Her hard work was on display for everyone to see. And it also caught the eye of God, so much so that she rose from the dead. She wasn't a talker all day long, talking about what she was going to do. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. She just got on with it. And therefore, 
we, we read what was on display. So to be a dream girl, be a doer. Be a person who says, I'm going to do something, and I'm going to get down to business, and I'm going to be doing this thing which is going to show that I'm not an idle person, but that I'm a working person. Amen? And I'm a caring person. And so um, the second thought is she was generous. You know, as a widow, she may not have had much. She may not have been a a well-off person. But what she did was she was generous with her time. She was generous with her skill, right? She was generous with her kindness. I can just imagine these beautiful daughters coming together in the name of Jesus and saying, oh, there's so-and-so down the road, three doors in. Oh, you know what? They've fallen on hard times. And have you seen the coat she's wearing lately? Oh, my goodness, it's almost winter time. Let's do something. And I can just imagine Tabitha being at the forefront of getting that coat ready for that poor, poor woman. Amen. So, I believe we have someone in our church who is like her. I believe that we have a woman who was once dead, like we all were in our sins and trespasses, and then became alive in Christ. And now she uses what's in her hand. She uses her time. She uses her kindness. She uses her skills. And she makes garments. And her name is Minda Ngomani. Minda, won't you stand for a moment, please? Because we just want to bless you. Sorry, we didn't buy another car for you, but we bought you some beautiful orchids for you to enjoy. Minda, you you may be seated, and I, I just want to brag a little bit on Minda. If you came here tonight and you saw the candy girls, we call them the candy girls, um, the girls with like these tables around them and they swirl and they twirl and yeah she makes those for us she makes cushions for us she teaches people there's the sister of Minda Mama Nuska she teaches people to be able to do what she does so she gives her time she gives her skill And she loves on people. She's kind, she's generous, she's a widow, and she's alive in Christ. Amen. So give her another hand. All right. The second person tonight is Lydia. Now, the story goes in the book of Acts, Paul was traveling, he was traveling uh, with Silas, and they came to a place called Phrygia and Galatia. And while Paul was there, he had a vision of a man. And uh, if you were here a few years ago, I did share on this, this whole beautiful story. But anyway, God gave him a vision of a man who was calling him and saying, come over to Macedonia, come over to Philippi, basically, Philippi is in, in Macedonia, come over because we need your help. And of course, Silas and Paul left, and it it reads here in Acts 16, 13 to 15, on the Sabbath, he went outside the city gate to the river where we, we, 
we went outside to the city gate, to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. You know, Lydia was a trader. She had a trade. She, had, she was a businesswoman. Um, she was trading purple cloth, which in those days was the most expensive cloth on the planet. It cost the most money. And so that put her in a league of her own, that she was not just, it's like someone who sells jewelry. You either sell costume jewelry or you sell 24 karat gold jewelry, right? It put her in that 24 karat gold bracket. But you know what I learned from her, even though she was a trader, number one, gathering as the church comes before business. Because these were Gentile people, they weren't Jews, and so on a, on a Sabbath, she might have used the opportunity to be a trader. Ooh, there's a whole lot of people down by the river, down by the riverside. You know, let me take my purple wares over there and see if I can, you know, trade. No, no, no. She shows us that her hunger for truth is what mattered the most to her. You know, her faith... Uh, did not call her from her business in the world. It didn't call her from, from her business, but it helped her to know how to prioritize when it's time to do business and when it's time to be in the house of God. And in that at that time, the house of God was by the riverside. Amen? That, the gathering of people, that is what the church is. And so that is what we learn from her. You know, her business was important to her, and she was very successful in what she did clearly, but she found time to put God first on the Sabbath. And that is what happened to her. God opened her heart. Amen, to receive Jesus, and in, as a result, she opened her home to the disciples and to other believers. Number two, I love this point, she drew her entire household into the kingdom. You know, her entire family were baptized. Um, if, if you read further, it, it, it tells you that um, she, she, her and her entire family were baptized in water. And so she drew them all in. She didn't treat her conversion to God as, oh, I'm just going to keep this all to myself. It's just my secret. It's very personal, you know. You don't just barge in on your family and start telling, him, telling them that Jesus loves them. No, you do. If you're Lydia, that's why she's God's dream girl. Amen. She drew the family in with her, and they were all baptized. You know, as a result of her, heaven got bigger. As a result of her, heaven was more populated. And I believe that's why she is God's dream girl. To be a dream girl, bring your family with you on this journey of faith. Amen. And then thirdly, she practiced hospitality on a whole nother level. Because she used what she had to bless others. 
it wasn't as if, oh, well, you know, again, um, I'm a private person, and this is my mansion, and it's me, my family, my husband and I. No, she wanted it to be part of God's kingdom. She wanted to share with others what God had blessed her with, you know. And I hope that we have not, as God's gorgeous girls, uh, lost the art of hospitality. I trust that you are still inviting people over. If you're able to eat at a restaurant, if you're able to come to church, you're able to have people in your home and to enjoy, even if it's not a massive meal, but to enjoy something together, even if it's tea and cake or whatever, amen? But let's, let's make sure that COVID has not robbed us by closing our hearts to Jesus and closing our front doors to friends and family. Amen. So later in the chapter, when Paul and Silas were, they were there now helping as the man had summoned them to come. While they were preaching the gospel, they got thrown into prison and um, they were there until they were released. And we read in um, Acts 16 verse 40, it's the same chapter, uh, it says, so they went out of the prison, they're now being released, and entered the house of Lydia and um, and when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. Here again, she was not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. These guys were thrown into prison. They should have been scorned by the, the neighborhood. Ooh, they, they, you know, jailbirds. But look, but look, Lydia. Lydia is opening up her, her door to these guys. She's letting these people come into her home, and people like them, people who serve God, people who are Christians, amen, and so I believe that is why she caught God's eye. I'm sure we have several Lydia's, several businesswomen, several great uh, hospitable women uh, here tonight and within our church, but there's one lady that stood out to me, and um, she, she's a woman in business with her husband, and um, when she got saved as a Hindu, she can correct me if I'm wrong, she brought her entire family into the kingdom of God. And that person is Sylvia Muhammad. Not sure where you are. Oh my gosh, Sylvia, please stand to your feet. Beautiful woman of God. <laughs> Thank you for women like you and like Minda and um, who just stand out within God's house, who serve and, and I know, I know you serving in the connecting lounge and you've been part of the, you know, the, the pastoral team that connect people to one another, always a listening ear, a beautiful heart, hard working in your business. Your Muslim husband came to know Jesus because of you. You're just an amazing woman, and uh, we just want to say we appreciate you tonight. Thank you. And then last but not least, we're going to look at Mary, Mary the mother of Jesus, and um, quite a few verses again, if you will bear with me, lady number three, Luke chapter 1, 26, a few verses that will come up on the screen. It says, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, 
a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord be with you. I just want to stop there a moment. I have searched through commentaries and Bible programs, and there is nowhere else, anywhere else, Pastor Andre, correct me if I'm wrong, where those words are repeated anywhere else in the Word of God. There is only one time when these words were spoken to a person, and it happens to be Mary, the virgin. Uh, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Just listen to these words. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Well, I remember a time when Moses was being asked to go into Egypt and be a spokesman for God, uh, and he was like, but, 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 I can't, I can't speak, Lord, I can't speak, you know. I remember when, is it Zechariah that was called, but, 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 Lord, I'm so young, I'm so young. Well, she's younger than all of them, because I think she may have been 13 or 14, as the commentaries uh, lay out for us to believe, of that time. And listen, listen to her words. Why was she chosen? May it be to me, as you have said, I'm the Lord's servant. Isn't that beautiful? May that be who we are, girls. Amen. So my first, thank you, thank you, thank you. No, I'm not going to give you my first thought yet. I I just want to say, men and women, we are also, we have been called to be carriers of God. And that is where we come into this picture. Amen? There was only going to be one Mary. She had unique qualities. She had a, a specific calling. She was earmarked by God. She was a servant of the Most High God. She, she's worthy uh, to be remembered, not to be worshipped. We don't worship her. She was an ordinary girl, amen, that, that ha- that, but she had extraordinary characteristics that God wanted to use. And she was highly favored, I mean, but all of us, men and women, are called to also be God carriers. We are meant to carry Jesus in our hearts. And everywhere we go, we should bring new life to others, amen, that there can be a new birth in others, new birth in the Holy Spirit, amen. And so um, we come into the picture here 
and want to be like her because she was a God carrier of note and she was faithful to God. So number one, she had faith to believe this was going to happen. You know, in the story that I read you, there's, it carries on uh, to verse uh, 45 from Luke chapter 1, where her aunt, Elizabeth, a mature older woman, my age probably, was um, going to give birth to John the Baptist. And the angel said to her, go and visit your, your, your um, elderly aunt, Elizabeth. And there's a whole story that you can read about. But this is what Elizabeth said to Mary. She said, blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord said has said to her will be accomplished. So she was a woman of faith. Blessed is she who believed God. Martin Luther said the only miracle greater than the virgin birth was the miracle that Mary believed. And I believe that as well. Amen. Because she could so easily have given God and that angel a hard time with the butts and the butts and, the, you know, but she did not. Amen. So I believe that um, to be a dream girl, be a woman of faith. Because that's who Mary was. She was a woman of faith. And we know that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. Because we must believe that he exists and that he's a reward of those who will bless us. Secondly, she was humble and trustworthy um, to give birth to Jesus. She was responsible uh, against all the odds of today. If, if a 13 or 14-year-old girl were to have a baby, the parents, the mothers, and the aunts, and the gogos and the grannies will all be having a cadenza because she's so young and immature. But God knew she was responsible. Amen? And um, if we are going to carry Christ's message. We've got to be responsible. Amen? We've got to uh, carry him responsibly with our lives, with our lifestyles, with how we live for him and how we speak of him. And, you know, be ourselves trustworthy, responsible, and humble. Amen? And so she was a nurturing person. She nurtured Jesus. Think about it. She was protection of the Lord. When he was 12, they went up to the temple. They went to the Feast of Tabernacles. He was left behind. Why was he left behind? Because he was 12 years of age um, speaking to the Pharisees and the scribes about the things of God and the word of God. And he was forgotten. And so Mary was frantic, went back Son, how could you do this to us? It just shows, although she made a mistake, she made a boo-boo there because he was probably supposed to be on the horse cart or whatever. But the thing is, she was nurturing, she was protective, she was caring, and God could trust her with his son. Can God trust us with his son? This is the question I want to ask. Amen. And so, um, in closing tonight, I don't have time for this, but I would encourage you to go and read this in your Bibles. It's Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. It says that Mary composed a song. She, she wrote a song. She became a songwriter. She wrote the most beautiful song with the most beautiful words. We don't know the tune of the song, but the words are there. And what that tells me is that when we are Christ carriers, we have a song in our hearts. 
We are people who know how to praise our God. Amen? And, um, yeah, so we, we, we are the carriers of Christ. We carry his values. We carry his love. We carry his joy, his truth, his values, and so much more. Can God trust us to be like Mary? Well, tonight, I can think of a woman who carries Jesus very well. And I know there are many. But just bear with me as I had to pinpoint one person. She always has a song in her heart. She's always glowing. And she shares the good news wherever she goes. Snowy to be seen. Come on, Snowy, to your feet. They all know I'm right. When I first met uh, Snowy, and I, I could not remember to be seen, to be seen, to be seen. And she said, Pastor Bulma, just remember too busy. <laughs> and I've never forgotten that. But she said, I'm not too busy for the house of God. Even tonight, she was telling Pastor Andre and I, she was stuck behind a bus that had come to a standstill. And she, I heard her say these words, don't you understand? I've got to get to church to party. <laughs> Snowy, we love you. We love how much you love God and love people. We love your welcome. You know, standing at the door when you've been on door duty, it's always welcome, welcome, welcome. Honestly, I can't think of a better person tonight who carries Jesus more beautifully than you do. We love you and we appreciate you. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed and inspired by this ministry. 